and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined by Zoom teleconference by my, I think I said that wrong, by my co-host. Nope, that was fine. By my sweet and supportive co-hosts who love me even when I mess up, Jeremy and Sean. Hi, boys. Hello, Yo. esteemed co-host. How's it going? Here? Yes, sending you a proper lo- properly lot of mint of affection uh, during the start of the show. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it so much. That felt so natural and that's true. how people speak. Yep, this yep. is how we talk. Um, so today, very exciting thing. It is our finale of this year's March Madness, the Foster Film Face Off. In which we uh, went through nine of Jodie Foster's best work, just inarguably, no argument there, objectively the best. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's all, it's all the best. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all good. But there uh, were nine pieces of art for sure. Absolutely. Did I pick, did I, did we pick the best? Like, are we going to talk about, what was that stupid movie with the kids? Like, is that, are we okay with? With lumping that in the best, candle shoe. Which one? No, the you see, you've both forgotten about it on purpose because no? it's so bad. Bugsy Malone. Oh. oh, oh, the one with the kids. Oh, Bugsy Malone. Well, of course, that's one of her. That's one of her no, best films. No, that's for sure one of the best. I'm, I'm sorry, I was in shock until a moment ago, <laughs> thinking that you thought that Bugsy Malone. No, that's yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, well, no, I and... enjoyed. Even in yeah, telling, I enjoyed how bad it was. In telling my mother about the things we picked, she there were several big titles where she said, "Oh, so you watched this, of course," and I said, "Nope, we sure didn't, <laughs> because this <laughs> Don, is our bracket. We do not want this is our podcast. Okay, we do not want to yeah. watch our the accused. We did not want no, to watch. No, we decided exactly, <laughs> and that is our right as Americans." Um, and are those some of her much lauded films? Yes, but yes. <laughs> for the purpose of this, it's not for us. We were busy watching Bugsy Malone. Um, and so today what we're doing is finding out which of the three finalists from our three brackets, and those finalists are Candleshoe, Silence of the Lambs, and The Mauritanian. And we are going to find out which of those is objectively, inarguably Jodie Foster's best movie, hands down. Mm-hmm. Her Wikipedia page will be yes. permanently edited, etched in pixels. No one will change done. it right away. Etched in Absolutely pixels not. is a good title of something, Jeremy. <laughs> and I think you should TM that. Sean, write that down. <laughs> I'm taking All right, well, I'm, before we jump into kind of talking about each of these three movies, um, boys, how how was the, the madness for you this year? Did you enjoy it? Oh, my God, it was mad, mad, mad. I feel like I hear Jody's sweet tomber in my in my head at all times now. Oh, absolutely. Hundred percent. Um, I like. I don't know. There are people, there are actors who are very good, but that also like just keep getting roles. Like I don't know if they have people or they have skills in like choosing the roles or what goes on, but uh, I feel like. It was just like a solid, okay, with the huge exception, huge exception of Bugsy Malone, um, which I don't even want to talk about. But um, <laughs> Jeremy, like, we have to talk like, about it. We got to talk about it. I don't want to. I don't want to. But they're all good. Like everything yeah. was good. 
all eight of the movies we chose to watch were great. Mm, no. Or nine, and nine. I'm not, I'm not, be forgetting I'm not discounting yeah. or anything. No, but um, yeah, God, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I said this last episode, but it really did just give me a new appreciation for the depths of Jody's talent, which are deep. They're deep depths. They are deep depths. And also like in a lot of ways, her characters aren't even that different, but she does just like mm-hmm. always imbue them with such a, a real, a sense of a real person. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's very skilled at this, at this acting game, you guys. This whole it's acting true. business. So I guess with that being said, let's get into talking, just business. kind of giving an overview of how we feel about the three finalists. So why don't we go in order? We'll start with mm-hmm. Candleshoe. Um, Jer, I believe this was your pick, was it not? Yeah, it was, yeah. I would like to gloat for just a moment that two of the three are my I picks. I know. Uh, something Sonya holds Doesn't in mean high anything. regard. Doesn't mean anything. Nope, not a thing. But uh, I'm just going just gonna to roll in it like a dog. Um, uh, Candleshoe uh, is, is a movie about wonderment and greed and <laughs> Jodie Fosterness and... Like, it's just so fun. And, you know, any movie that has, like, at least a bit of a treasure hunt. Like, this has... How do I describe? What's the word I'm looking for? Nicolas Cage steals the Declaration of Independence vibes. (laughs) It doesn't not have those vibes, that's for sure. Right. And, uh, I don't know. I just, like... I enjoy it so immensely. I've always thought it was really fun. I'm stoked that you guys had the reaction that you did to it. And, I mean, I am having real trouble with this idea right now because Candleshoe is sort of the only, it's the only nominee today where she is in the center and not part of an ensemble. Mm. It's kind of true. And she is the, this is the only one that where she's the star. And I, I don't know what that means for our, our nonsense here. Mm. Well, I think. I made Sonya think about she it. Is a, she is a character actress in a lot of ways uh, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that but when she was a kid she was front and center I don't know she late in life shifted into the character actress um, but yeah Candleshoe as I like is the first time that I've seen it and it just really had everything I need it was it was capers it was Disney it was um, it was just a ragtag like street rat type of gal that I was, I would really have been drawn to when I was a kid. I Absolutely. don't think I fancied myself a bit of a uh, a tough street rat child. Definitely not. But I was fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Maybe after a, f- maybe after a fight with your parents, Sean, you like ran into the back alley, out in the the farm. Well, of, I lived in the farm, S- and if I, if I did fight, then I would angrily pack a little bag. And then walk in a back road for a while to see if anyone noticed. And usually they didn't. And I would just have to <laughs> humbly come home with my tail between my legs. <laughs> oh, Sean, that got real, hey? Well, yeah, that really did. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has that, <laughs> that experience, right? Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, I do. So let's talk about it. No, let's not. Um, speaking of getting real, though, I think we should get real about whether... Um, Candleshoe gets extra I don't know there are no like I mean there are points but like 
if mm-hmm. Candleshoe gets some extra weight just because of the sheer magnetic power of an extremely gay child. Mm. I'm just saying. E.G. I mean, EGC. if it... If it the classic EGC. EGC. <laughs> if, it, uh, if it adds weight for you, Sonia, please, please let that... Please let that happen. Uh, I just looked it up. She was 14 mm. and like already quite skilled. Yeah. And I'm still jealous about it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, her amount of talent as a child. Yeah. I also looked yeah. this up. She only had three weeks break between the ending of production on Freaky Friday and then the principal photography of Candleshoe. She was like a real workhorse when she was a kid. Like the amount of films that we had booked. to choose from. Like, yeah, I was like, she's working just 24 seven. Truly. And just like, oh, just her carefree tomboy energy. I love, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, okay, my, is there anything? I didn't understand sorry, the change. I didn't understand the change of heart between her being such a bad guy to becoming like the biggest proponent for saving Candleshoe. That kind of, to mm. me, came out of nowhere. Uh, it definitely also, did. maybe not her fault. I don't know that well, it did. Yeah. I feel what like you mean? saw her... You, I feel like you especially saw the granny gradually win her over. And she sort of had these moments of, like, feeling accepted by the little ragtag family. And I feel like that kind of did build. Like, not fully. But mm-hmm. it wasn't... I don't think it was, like, there, that there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, it it still was very quick. Like there was like a big, a big cut to her. Like like there, if I recall correctly, there's no reveal where she like says she's sorry about what she did, and no, then like there's not wins them over, and then they go get the treasure. Like it's <laughs> that just is like true. That I is true. I know some I know some folks who can help, and then we just skip the scene where they're just kind of all cool with it, and it's not a big deal. And then later on, she's the one who's more upset about it. Which is which is weird. Yeah, everyone else but, just um, lets that roll right off their back. They're like, "Oh, you're yeah. trying to steal from us, but no problem. We're we're in we're in your corner now." It almost would have made more sense if like a scene missing card came up for thirty seconds, and then and then we were there. Yeah, like there I was like a there terrible a fire where they <laughs> all find out, and like nobody speaks to her, and then she like has a big like. Mm-hmm. Speech mm. that gets along it, her or something. I forgot that that happened, and you're right that it does feel like that. Uh, it feels like there was for sure some, another scene that got cut up. Literally, all we get is the man that hires her literally just like uh, beats her up or something, and she wakes up in a hospital. And then, mm-hmm. and we're like, I guess that was her but, change of heart. I don't know. But and this is also like the also kind so of yeah, true. Uh, the kind of Disney esque film from that time. Where, like, we kind of sign up for moments that we know we're going to get. So then they have more fun with the moments that... And, like, you know, oh, we can just skip this. Like, we all know what's going to happen. That's fine. Let's get on the treasure hunt. Wherein the old lady might get hit by a train. You know, like, like let's, also, let's, let's put more oh, yeah, time to those crazy moments. That. Grandma, yeah, off the tracks. What are you doing? I absolutely forgot about that part. Wow. She's too proud, you guys. She's I will stand my ground. I will not leave this car. Like, what if the movie ended okay. where she literally just gets annihilated by a train? That would have been insane. <laughs> that would have been... It would have been a real twist, though. <laughs> That's true. A twist of the genre. <laughs> Pardon the pun, mm-hmm. but we would not have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
Yeah, they would have cut away. They would never show yeah. that. Uh, okay, well, on that note, is there anything else really important that we have to say about Candleshoe before we move on? Um, the Another fact that I saw was that this person that wrote it, the screenwriter, stepped down because he felt so strongly that Jodie was miscast for the role. <gasps> That's Whoa. something interesting. That's explosive. It is because also, and he's I don't wrong. Think she was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Egg on that man's do. face. Swing and a miss there. Wow, do you think he still thinks about that? He's like, I was every wrong. day. Oh, he just <laughs> sits in his, his easy chair. He watches watching it the every Mauritanian, day, and he's like, yeah. she's miscast. <laughs> well, let's way to prove him wrong, Jody, by making making it to the top three in that role. Um, okay, so going uh, chronologically, then our next week was dramas, and the winner from that week was Silence of the Lambs, a real dark horse. So, I mean, guys, like, how lamb. hard is this little this little game that we've put together, wherein for a week we've all thought about. What is the better mer- movie in terms of Silence of the Lambs and Candleshoe? <laughs> yeah, I know. This is the this is the situation we find ourselves in, and we just have we have to roll with our with the what the decisions we've made. It mm-hmm. feels a little bit like um, being an American and having to reckon with our broken electoral system. <laughs> <laughs> so you fold your movies. life into the arts, Sonia. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. We can talk at length about Silence of the Lambs. I feel like at this point, like, it's almost shocking to encounter someone who has not seen, of, heard of, or mm-hmm. interacted with this film. Um, I I have to point this out, and I'm pretty sure it's true. I've watched Candleshoe more. Ah. I've watched it more times. Yeah. I've definitely watched it more times. Well, it's not that scarring for you to watch... Right, uh, Jody, f- f- fight a, a have capers. bodyguard or whatever. Yeah, whereas <laughs> it's pretty like it's an intense watch, and it's kind of every time. It's not like it's not like I see Catherine in that hole and get you know immune to it. It's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, like that's the thing. This movie is such a meme, and you mm-hmm. know everything that's going to happen, and yet still. It hits you. Or I don't know. I shouldn't speak for you, Jerry. I don't know. You've got pretty thick skin, but it hits me. <laughs> Jeremy's a right I mean, I'm not. Yeah, thick skin. No Ooh. pun intended. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm not as gro- I'm not as grossed out as I was, but I mean, there are still parts where, like, you know, I don't know. Silence of the Lambs has kind of become a thing to like put on while you're doing something, which is not a great thing. Not but that's true. the Netflix age, and that's. That's that's yeah, how we live that's, our lives. I don't I don't think everyone else in this Zoom agrees with you, Jared. Okay, well that's fair. That's fair. But you guys never throw in silence to wash some dishes? Like <laughs> come on. That's that's No, I no, need my hands my free existence. so I can cover my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to remove myself from the movie just a, a step further. God, I hope your daughter is not to... walking in randomly. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing your Sunday chores with this horrible movie and it puts oh, no. the Sean... lotion on its skin. Yeah, Sean, you don't realize that uh, that most parents have to wash dishes at night because they can't deal with the child and wash dishes at the same time. Anyway, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, there are still moments that are just absolutely captivating. 
Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, there are performances that will never not be good. And from all, everyone involved, like the whole cast, like yeah. even like some random guy just giving it 110%. And yeah, like Catherine, I thought also like on my second watch, this I was just like, this wouldn't work if she wasn't so good. This wouldn't work if Ted Levine wasn't so good. Like it really is a yeah. lightning in a bottle type of yeah moment. And I I do think Ted Levine does get missed here, and uh, you know, tip of the hat, sir. And Sorry he got that you're missed not involved by in this Hollywood game. after this, as you revealed to us. That's true. Yeah, no, he like. I don't know. He has done a lot of good work, but he just pops up here and there. And every once in a while, you're like, oh, awesome. You know, like, sweet. But it's the flubber it's so, bodyguard. It's just very strange. It's true. Um, also, it's true. I was After reading, flubber, he got some stuff. I was reading that him and uh, and the actress that played Catherine actually were very close on the filming of this. Like, they're really good friends. And so that makes me kind of like, be like okay, that was good. Yeah, um, that's nice. Also, a coincidence, I got myself on IMDb today and looked up some some trivias. And yeah. the house they filmed in, was like that they location scouted, was not only in the same town that Levine grew up in, but next door to the house of his high school girlfriend. Is oh that my. crazy? That's that wild. Is. It's like they and tracked him. They tracked him to that house. <laughs> And what a murder house it is. Oh, it could really it be more wow. Horrible. <laughs> like is that the real basement? I think it was. What were they using it for? They couldn't ask. have a pit in it. That had to be a set. Really? Well, what? no, the pit really? the, no, sorry, the pit was not uh, but like Okay. <laughs> yeah, the pit was the just room. there actually. It was really handy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you also, guys won't, won't believe this. There's actually a corpse in there right now that you can use for the show. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if while they're filming that, they're like, oh, like a corpse just falls out of a roof. It was a very creepy place. Um, yeah. Also, this film is one of the third in history that did the big five sweep at the Oscars. They got oh, really? Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Adapted Screenplay. Guys, how hard are we all trying not to make a big sweep joke right now? Oh my God, we we should should we talk about this? I don't know. Like, do we need to? Literally, everyone on Earth is talking about it. It's true, but I mean, oh my God. We'll talk about it in a minute. Do we need three white people's takes on it? I don't. About how Troy Kotzer won uh, best act, best supporting actor because that was iconic. Of course, yeah. That's That's what what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How Liza Minnelli is in a. Uh, is in a a state that was really tough to see. Oh, I didn't anyway. actually watch anything. So oh, I don't know. Is that oh, is I that wa- true, Sean? That's sad. Oh my gosh, yeah. She and Lady Gaga made a. They presented, and Liza was. She was, I don't know. She was in a. I'm, time has not been kind, but oh Liza Minnelli is. As far as I can tell, our celebrity like healthcare worker, like she is just out here with Tony Bennett. She is uh, trotting out Liza. She's like, she's doing some. You work. mean Lady Gaga? Is that what I said? <laughs> you, what I said? you said Liza was the healthcare worker, and I was so confused. No, she is not. Oh yeah, Mi- I, that's like, what I thought you meant. I was, I was also, I was like, okay, wow, Sean. No, she's not doing. <laughs> Lady Gaga's been doing the work. Yeah, for sure. She puts on her Crocs and her scrubs, and she just 
It's up there. Ah, she sings it like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> you guys think Lady Gaga likes this movie? Probably. I bet she does. She probably. Yeah, she's probably really into like the performative elements of a few people as well. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot. There's a lot shocking going on there that I think she could pull in. Yeah. Have you not seen her well, what... Buffalo Bill look? Oh, no. God. Is that a thing? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, there we go. Crushed oh, it. Oh god. Um. Well, one thing that we did say about this movie during the episode, and that I think is worth noting here in considering what should win, um. Is that anyone who can hold their own against Anthony Hopkins' performance in this is worth taking a look at. Because mm-hmm. he is magnificent um, in the most terrifying way. And the fact that like she can hold her own with him while doing, I would say, a very different kind of performance that's a lot more grounded, um, I think is pretty amazing. Oh, absolutely. No, she really... like. Uh, Jonathan Demme said something about how he wasn't sure he wanted to cast her. He wanted, like, Michelle Pfeiffer. He wanted Big Ryan. And, uh, Can you imagine? And then, but she was, like, very... She tried to buy the rights herself. She was, like, very into the idea of, do, like, being Clarice. And then he saw her just walk, like, purposefully down a hallway towards him to for their casting. And he was like, actually, you could do it. And that's Whoa. literally, that's her vibe because, like, she is just, that is, she's so tough and, like, purposeful. The yeah. power of Jody's purposeful walk, man. And honestly, in every film, we get, we get a shot of her strutting down a hallway because it's one of her, mm-hmm. it's one of her big moves. And I think that you guys kind of opened my eyes to this, but I do think as well, neck acting. Yes. Because little it's, it's a thing. Acting. Yes, because she's she's out there like can like she's got a full a full body mirror when she's building people, and she's like, "What are we doing with this? What's happening here?" I'm pointing. Yeah, at she's it. like, "What should <laughs> and I be she's doing, doing with it. this? With this connective tissue between my head and my shoulders?" And she says, "I'll clench it. I'll constrict it. I'll I'll work on this neck." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sounds silly, honestly. Maybe listeners are out there being like, "What are these three women talking about?" But go and watch Silence of the Lambs, and you will notice some neck acting. And I stand by that. <laughs> Should we add a new layer to the to the, <laughs> yeah, to the rubric to the, about neck acting? Emotion, yeah. tension, style, neck work. Neck. <laughs> neck. Yes, serving neck. <laughs> um, I also one of the trivia points. Uh, on IMDb was that Zootopia um, is the exact same plot as Silence of the Lambs. Oh my god! (laughs) I mean, there was that part with the sloth. I do remember that. And just like uh, a young, like a female trainee that nobody really like uh, trusts and she like has to persevere and solve this case and yeah, it was just like there was a lot of instances that apparently it matched up, and it was really funny to me. Do, do you guys think that somebody watched Silence of the Lambs and then was inspired to write Zootopia? Oh, absolutely. Because the villain, 
the villain is a lamb. Yeah. And does the it's lamb Zootopia? not wear like that face mask thing? Uh, uh, I don't know. Does it? I don't know. Well, maybe. Anyway, oh my God. I, point is, these screenwriters, they think they're slick. <laughs> they but think they're slick, you. but we know that Clarice Starling equals Judy Hopps. Judy Hopps. <laughs> Judy I think that's Clarice. her name. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think so. Oh, my God. My eyes are completely open right now. That's, wow. I'm blown away. The wool's not on your eyes. <laughs> Sean's standing Maybe. there at his wall full of yarn, red strings <laughs> connecting. Maybe Anthony I'm, Hopkins. Maybe my Angora funny. wool. I'm dyed <laughs> yeah. Angora wool. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, like, like is, does that make Shakira the band of horses then? <gasps> I'm all, not band of horses. Fits. Band of horses. Wild oh, yeah. horses. No, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, an indie That would band, be a though, very different popular. vibe in that basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knew we could take this to an even darker place? Because yeah. I didn't. We're I like aware, but we did. We just won't get into the really bad stuff. We'll just skirt over that. Honestly, we'll just I scoot agree. Around it. <laughs> hey man, it was a pretty heavy month, all told. Like we hey watched man. some heavy stuff. <laughs> That's true. And you know what, guys? It is time now for us to take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more spoiler alert here on ninety-one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to our Foster Face-Off finale, but first. Um, do you candle shoes know what time it is? No, I do not. I guess I should. It's game time, people. Wah, wah, wah. Oh. For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally five seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. We all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. Heck yeah. Okay, this week's title is Home for the Holidays. That title again, Home for the Holidays. Now, this is confusing to me because it seems like it's the title of every movie. And so, I don't know. It's a trap. I think it's a trap. It is a trap. Um, It's probably a trap. I'm going to bumble right into that trap because I think that this is a very lesser known Jodie Flick from the early 2000s in which she plays a stressed out single mom who is going through a really bad divorce. Her husband has left her for another woman. Her kids kind of hate her because she's uptight and like stressed out. But I mean, it's very understandable given everything she's going through. Um, And then one of her kids makes a Christmas wish Oh, she she ends up having to work on Christmas Eve. And one of her kids makes a Christmas wish. It's like, I wish mom could be home for the holidays. But Santa is a literal man. And he turns Jodie Foster into their house. And so she... Into the house? She... It's kind of like Freaky Friday. (laughs) But instead of swapping minds with her mom, she swaps minds with her house. But there's no... 
But there's but what, the so the house becomes sentient and is piloting her house. body. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the house is becomes sentient and is is piloting her body, and she's in the house, and so like her daughter like turns on the faucet to brush her t- her teeth on Christmas morning, and all of a sudden Jody's voice comes out of the faucet, and so it's, she has to, <laughs> but she gets to spend some quality time with her kids for the holidays, and she learns a valuable lesson about work life balance, and, and that's what I think it's about. And what what are Jody's Jody's powers? Like, can she open doors? Like, or like spank <laughs> yeah. people with a door? Like the to- sort of that side of, yeah, okay, yeah, lots of is that it, like physical comedy. Yeah, is it like an Encanto situation? Like, if there's a vacuum, can she move the vacuum, or does she have control of? Well, the if vacuum? the vacuum's plugged yeah. in. Yes, exactly, Sean. You've got it. <laughs> You're a genius, Jeremy. I don't know why you don't get this. <laughs> yeah, it's very straightforward. It's a very Clear premise, I think. Like, okay, I'll okay. Cue many shots of her slamming a window on someone's fingers. Right. Just <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> um, well, Sonia, okay. I'm very obsessed with that idea, and I would love to see <laughs> Thank that. you. Um, like to see her be a home for the holidays. Um, <laughs> well, so, that iconic uh, voice, you know? Yeah, it's the best part. <laughs> and while she plays the house, would her neck be sort of the foundation or just sort of like mid <laughs> the of drain the pipe. <laughs> yeah. okay. The drain pipe. Um, okay. So I, you kind of were a similar vi- vein that I was thinking that Jody plays like a harried mother. Um, obviously Christmas is coming and she's like obsessed with Christmas and she's running around. She's trying to make everything perfect. Um, and then all of her kids within like, a day they all something comes up and they all have to cancel and she loses her <gasps> marbles so then she makes it her mission to go on a road trip and like bring the christmas energy to each one of her three kids wherever they live oh, nice. and kind of crashes their their living situation and she finds out things about them because they don't actually have a good um relationship or communication and then she actually repairs a lot of the relationships that have sort of gone away between them because of her obsession with Christmas. And so she wow. finds out new things about them. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you both. Um, some, some really crazy, interesting ideas in there. I would like to hear more honestly, but uh, <laughs> that's not how the game works. Um, both of you, very strong startings. Sonia on your way to a point, oh! honestly, what? before things got a little bit derailed. I think it's worth it. Like, I think what you did was worth not getting the point. Uh, so so a tip of the hat to you. No points awarded there. Um, as you guys are cor- correct, this is a bit of a trick in a few ways. Um, first and foremost, uh, it being a, an American film, it's about Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, not, not Christmas, holidays, unfortunately. Like Yes, mm-hmm. um, I decided to take a little, a little, a little spin around here just to mess with you guys. Um, so this stars Holly Hunter, Robert Downey Jr., and uh-huh. a bunch of other folks. Um, directed by Jodie oh, Foster. Because I was like, they can't have Holly Hunter and Jodie Foster in the same movie. They're the same I was going to say, oh. is that just a joke about how it's not Jodie Foster? <laughs> Maybe, but uh, that's. I think the voices would mix in a crazy way. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Um, but, uh, it actually looks pretty funny. I'm surprised I haven't seen it because I kind of want to. We should um, have a category but, uh, of ones get... that she's directed, but I guess. 
Yeah. Maybe there's not. That's that's a short list at the oh, moment, okay. but uh, more to come. More to come. Um, anyway, Holly Hunter plays uh, the this single mom who is heading begrudgingly heading home uh, for the holidays without her kids. Okay. Um, after after losing her job, making out with her soon to be former boss, and finding out her daughter plans to spend Thanksgiving with her boyfriend. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Claudia faces spending the holiday with her family. On the fourth Thursday in November, 84 million American families will gather together and wonder why. <laughs> that's the tagline? <laughs> because colonialism. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's totally the reason why. Um, anyway, this it looks really funny. I'm not going to spoil it. I think that perhaps everyone should uh, check it out because it looks pretty good. Dang. Wow. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm going to check this out possibly during the holidays. I will say Maybe I next kind of Thanksgiving. agree. Like, if I was an American, I'm like, I'm not coming home in November and December. Like, you gotta... Yeah. We gotta pick. <laughs> and it's obviously, a, it should be Christmas. A, yeah, it's a crazy... Uh, hashtag, our Thanksgiving was first. Uh, thank you, guys, mm-hmm. for playing the game. Thank, thank you, you, Jared. Thank you for playing the game with us. What, mm-hmm. a, what a romp that was. Um, well, now we're gonna get back into talking about our three finalist films for the Foster Film Face-Off where we find Jodie Foster's objectively and arguably best movie. No irony whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. So we're talking about our third of the three, uh, The Mauritanian. This was my pick uh, last week and was just a very uplifting and lighthearted little film. Easy breezy. Mm-hmm. It's just great that the family can come together, <laughs> pop some corn, sit around the, sit around together at and home watch it devolve and into drink. a psychotic fever dream horror movie right in the middle <laughs> basically um yeah um but essentially what, what drew you to this selection <laughs> well funny you say that jared it's because i thought she directed it that's part of the reason mm-hmm. i picked it she didn't um but jody is really good in it so there's at least she that is. Um, yeah, this movie is about Guantanamo Bay, so I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll tarry on that for too long. We did talk about it for quite a while last week. Um, but her performance in this as hard-nosed lawyer Nancy Hollander Hmm. was really something. It was something. That's Uh, my hot take. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, it is always interesting when people, like... I, I don't get Hollywood's fascination with, like, acting as a person. Mm. Um, and, like, I, they do like it. They like having that bar to match them up to. It's literally you know, both like of the, the best actor and actress winners last night are people that played real people. It's, like, oh, yeah. the yeah. thing that Hollywood's obsessed with. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's held in high regard for reasons we don't quite understand. But, um, I mean, she knocked it out of the park. Like it's it's an incredible performance, and really, as we've said before, her neck shines. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, but it is like you know, J- Jodie Foster's work is an art of subtlety, mm-hmm. and here we see it, like at a hundred percent. Yeah, which is a strange thing to say about subtlety, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an oxymoron. But it's, she you're was so ramping right. full speed ahead, very subtly, with her um, subtlety. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because this film is honestly, at its core, just a legal drama and not something that I would be drawn to. 
but she really elevates it and she gives it this person that is seemingly just doing her sort of day-to-day job and then finds a bit of a higher purpose and just has this like brash attitude and this like intense feeling about like doing the right thing and it has her very classic long strut down a hallway and that you cannot argue with right more than a few. Mm-hmm. She also, I think, in retrospect, one of my favorite scenes of this is her eating in the car. Oh. And just, like, the, like, vibe of, like, not necessarily disappointment, not necessarily boredom, but just, like, her existence in that thing. Yeah. That just, like, is so, like, there's no lines, there's no dialogue, it's raining, she's alone. <laughs> is it McDonald's or a burger? I can't even remember. But she's just like I think I kind of remember sadly that scene eating too. alone. It's just like I gotta eat, eh? <laughs> but she makes it work. Yeah, she's like begrudgingly engaging in the task of acknowledging her own human needs, which <laughs> we get the sense that that's not something that's super comfortable for this character. Basically, which is also like very interesting. I think that we get that level of understanding of this character, given that the movie's not really about her. And it's not like there are a lot of moments like that that are particularly focused on her. So the fact that we feel like this was such a subtle and detailed performance in the context of what it is, I think really speaks to the strength of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the performance, the performance that everyone would be talking about after watching it is definitely not hers. Um, but mm-hmm. for the, our purposes, that's what we got one eye on. And yeah. I have been thinking about Tahar Rahim's performance in this a lot, actually, because it is very, we'll stick with. And so maybe that's not mm-hmm. fair to her in our judgment. But but it is another, uh, you know, another uh, ensemble cast of which she adds loads. And, you know, a, a really great performance from Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, as Sean said, great performances there. Shailene Woodley was in it sometimes. And <laughs> Shailene's poncho was there as well. She was. <laughs> and her I, I missed the poncho. I missed the poncho completely. Also, um, but, um, as a piece of irony, you know how she hires Shailene Woodley to be the French interpreter? In real life, Jody is very fluent in French and could have just done <gasps> that herself. Très drôle. <laughs> that means that's funny. I was like, uh, could be it. <laughs> <laughs> I am not fluent in French. Um, yeah. Do Do you guys think that, like, this will be one one of Jodie Foster's like movies, quote unquote? Like, we watch some movies and we watch some Jodie Foster movies. Yeah. Do you think our third pick falls into the into that category? I don't know. Ooh, that's a good question, Jer. Because it's a COVID movie that I don't think a lot of people have really heard of. And she's been lauded for her performance in this. She's gotten a few awards. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's on a lot of people's radar. I think it's kind mm-hmm. of a who of Jody films. Yeah, I didn't know it I before, before Sonia suggested it. Yeah, that's a good, that's interesting question, Jer. Mm-hmm. Interesting mm-hmm. question. Seems Probing like you don't prodding. want my movie to win. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Again, uh, there's no prizes. Yeah, <laughs> this couldn't matter less. Um, well, is there <clears throat> anything else we need to say about the Mauritanian before we get into our rankings? Uh, if if you're gonna watch it, just just be ready for it, because it comes. It does come. Yeah. And you know it's coming. You're kind of. And there's a little bit of you're like, uh, it's kind of. I'm like. I'm kind of watching. I'm kind of doing other things, and then, who oh boy? It gets mm-hmm. you. Boy, howdy! The yep. the rubber mats but come it's... up and. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably some good stuff to think about. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some, it's some questions horrifying. to ask ourselves. It's actually horrifying. Mm-hmm. To think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that. Let's get into it. Let's find out what is going to reign supreme. So I think what we'll do is we'll go around. Uh, the way this is going to work for listeners is that we will rank each of the top three films, third, second, first. Uh, the f- pick number one will get three points. Pick number two will get two points. And pick number three will get one point, just to make that confusing. And whichever has the most amount of points at the end of this reigns supreme. So, gentlemen... If you would please tell me, hopefully that what just did you t- pick? Tidally works itself out. So for number, I, well, mm-hmm. for the one yeah, point, what's number three? The one point number three, I slid in Camel Shoe. <gasps> Unfortunately, me too, Sean. <laughs> it sort there of makes go. sense when you think about these movies. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Jeremy put in the Mauritanian. Oh, though. wow. That's, okay. That's but, no, that's good. That's... It's good for us to have a mix up. That's all good, yeah. That's all good. Wow, okay. So, then Sean, what got second place for you? Um, well, the second place was the Mauritanian. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. Uh, big shocker, Candle Shoe mm. is my number two. <laughs> I wonder what's going to win. I, I see what <laughs> I see how it's falling. The chips are falling here. <laughs> Now, I have an English degree, so I'm not very good at math, but even I can tell you that that means that with a Mm -hmm. whopping nine points, the winner of Foster Film Face-Off, a complete upset, who would have guessed, Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs. Once once again, we have done a month of work to figure out something (laughs) that we already knew, (laughs) and it makes me so happy every time. Uh, It just means our uh, rubric is good. And it's a fun exercise. It's so, a fun exercise. There you and go. I watched so many movies this month that I would never have made the choice to watch, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, could have done without Nell, but beyond that, <laughs> I know. But we all learned something. Uh, I do feel like I'm glad because I the the myth, the mythology of Nell has been always mm. around, and so I'm like, mm-hmm. I always was like, is it good? Is it not? I don't even understand what the vibe is. So I am glad that I uh, cleared that up for myself. You yeah. know what we should do for, you know what we should do for next March Madness. We always pick someone that we like and like you know do exercises on them. We should just pick movies that we all don't like mm. and pick the best bad movie. Oh. <laughs> I like this idea, Jer. Write this down because we're gonna forget. Like a bad, okay, a bad in. actor or a, a an a normal actor's worst movies. Don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Okay. I love it. I love this idea. Um, well, that means that it's time for us to do something we haven't done all month long because we've been so busy talking about Jody. Um, so will you guys tell me what you're watching? Hmm. What you, what watching? you been watching, guys? Well, I 
I have had a very busy month, and mm-hmm. the time that I have had, I've been watching Jody. But this last mm-hmm. week, I started watching a series on Crave, um, and HBO, I guess, called "Our Flag Means Death," and it is it stars Reese Darby and Taika Waititi, and it's about just like a bumbling pirate crew, um, kind of. Well, the the main character is like a gentleman type that fancies himself a, a pirate, but he's not very good at it. And he's got this ragtag crew and they just get into bumbly adventures. And it's just so silly and like piratey and kind of queer. And it's just a very fun watch. And I think y'all should give some eyes on that. Yeah. I've been enjoying it great. quite immensely. Wow, yeah, I, I want to watch it. I'm, yeah. As soon as you said, Reese Darby, Taika Waititi, Pirates, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Sold. Very. Absolutely sold. Jer, what about you? Um, uh, I've also not watched a ton of stuff. Still trying to make my way through The Witcher, which apparently is a thing I have to do 20 minutes at a time. Um, it's still pretty good. It's very well done. I would say it's maybe better than Game of Thrones at this point, but uh, that's... Wow. Uh, arguable. I don't know if we're actually oh there yet. Uh, I don't know if you it, saw there's a Game of Thrones like prequel coming out. Oh yeah, called like House of Dragons. And there's the Lord of the Rings one too. Different than the Lord, and there's the Lord so, of the Rings prequel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's all it's all abound. Um, I still think that it might just be my interest in you know any kind of fantasy that's not necessarily like uh, European uh so hardcore even this is just like european adjacent so like it's not like it's actually different but uh still liking it still making my way through someday i will finish it um but as i've talked about on the show in the past um my wife and i are making our way through a bunch of uh different action movies Um, my wife my wife requested to please find something with a woman who does something and uh, it's very hard to come by, but I put my brain cells together. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they have a re- they have a real problem, and it was very evident in the in the 90s and 80s. And I think that they just need to look there to see how far we haven't come. But um, neither here nor there. Um, James Cameron's True Lies. Uh, we watched. Oh. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie before, but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton, Tia Carrere a dynamite cast um it is a seminal text in understanding what action is and what arnold was up to for a lot of his life uh very famous scenes from everyone involved jamie lee curtis of course sort of becoming like from a housewife to a super spy bill paxton is the most disgusting human person to have ever graced this earth wow. in this movie. Hey. Oh my god, he's so like he he is so gross, you guys. Oh, and our apologies to he the does such a good job. <laughs> no. This is no. He he knocked it out of the park. He they all do amazing. Tom Arnold is good. What? Like <laughs> it's 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 nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's perfectly cast. It's written. It's got a bunch of problems that should probably be addressed or cut out. But uh, it's just such a good story that's ultimately about this husband and wife 
Like, that's really mm. what it's like. It's about their marriage and the fact that they do love each other and that even with all these secrets and stuff, they can work through and do everything because about a third of the way through, like, we see all this stuff with the terrorists and all the evil things that they're doing. And then it's like the meat of the movie, the whole second act is just about his family life. And then in the end, it all gets thrown together. Like, that's all that happens. And it's even to the point now where you're like, I haven't seen this bad guy for like 50 minutes. Like, he's just not been on the wow. screen at all. Sounds so, like an anyway, action movie. It's pretty fun. It's pretty good. You Go guys ahead. should watch Barbed Wire. That's true. That is true. As I'm going to add that to the list. Thank you, Sean. No problem. Um, well, I just quickly, um, have either of you seen Turning Red? Oh, no, I yes. haven't. So this is Disney Pixar's latest offering um, in which a young Chinese-Canadian girl uh, finds out that she has a an inherited curse, I guess, to turn into a red mm-hmm. panda as she starts to go through puberty. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm obsessed with this movie. I loved it so, 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 so much. Um, people may have heard some of the, like, rumblings online of, like, white male film critics talking about how this is too culturally specific and therefore hard to relate to, which is like, oh, really, white guy? Is it hard to not see yourself reflected in a movie? That's something <laughs> the rest of us are not familiar with. Um, but it's so, uh, it's, just, it's just so good. It's like, it very lovingly depicts preteen girls and what being a preteen girl is like. It openly talks about female puberty, um... It is, like, the animation style is amazing. It's, like, a real departure from kind of their typical look, which I think really adds something. Um, there's a lot of homage to Sailor Moon and, like, the des- the design. Like, mm. there are some, like, wide shots of Toronto where it uses kind of those pastel colors that absolutely is 100% a Sailor Moon reference. Um, and it's just hilarious and heartwarming, and I really liked it. Did you like it, Jer? Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I, uh... You know, I still can't believe, like, the news things coming up about, like, you won't believe what this movie's actually about. And it's like, oh my god, like, this is a thing that, like, literally half the planet goes through. And it's like, you know, like, you don't want to talk about it? Like, what's the... Like, every little girl turns um, into a panda. Obviously, like, this is... um, I watched it, of course, with the child of the show. And um, she loves so much when the mother... Uh, arrives and I'm not going to spoil yeah. it for anybody, Ooh. but um, uh, she thinks it's the best part. She thinks it's so great. And really it is just like fun and it's entertaining and it, it's just really great. Yeah. And also like, it is nice. It is nice to see like another uh, Toronto pop up, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I would like to see, you know, different cities of various calibers popping up in this way, just because not everything takes place in New York. Yeah, the exactly. animation, I saw the trailer when friend of the show, Ben Schneider, and I went to West Side Story, and we saw the trailer, and the animation did look very cute. Although we were very it's like, so what in God's name is the plot of this movie? Because it it's was, wild, but the honestly, trailer Sean, was very like, like uh-oh, now I'm a panda, but I am very interested yeah. to watch it. 
Well, I look forward to hearing what you think. Uh, but that is all the time we have for this week. So congratulations to Silence of the Lambs for being the best Jodie Foster movie. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manitouna, my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Fridays at 3, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My Electric is coming up next. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. See ya.